Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to Not Basic Blonde podcast and I know so many of you feel so overwhelmed and lost and miserable right now because some of you lost their jobs and so many of you don't know your next step or career choice so that's why I decided to bring a very special guest on my podcast today and her name is Susie Moore and she's a life coach, columnist, contributor to today's show, Oprah, Forbes, Business Insider, and she's the author of the book, Stop Checking Your Likes. So let's welcome her on my podcast. Hi, Susie. How are you? Oh, hello. Oh my gosh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Please tell our listeners about yourself. Yes. All right. Well, I tend to keep this quite snappy because some people go on and on about themselves, don't they? (laughs) So essentially, I'm an author, uh, a vice columnist, and I'm just coming out with my new book this week called Stop Checking Your Likes, which is essentially a guide to having more freedom in your life and understanding what's holding you back. Oh, that's amazing. Well, how did you decide to become a life coach, columnist, a writer? I feel as if anybody who is a, a writer or a coach or who whose work is around, you know, helping people solve their problems, helping them, you know, re- remove their limits, it's almost like a, a job that you don't choose. It's something that you kind of have to do because it feels like the most important work in the world. And that is, I guess, how I felt. I had a corporate job. My background is in ad tech. And I, you know, worked for you know over a decade in that industry. And it was fine. You know, I certainly had a lot of perks. Yeah, money was great. Uh, and, you know, there there was certainly a whole, there's a, there are a lot of benefits to having any full-time job that, that you enjoy, but I knew it wasn't going to be my life's work. And I knew that kind of doing the work that I do now is the thing that I'm here to do. And it's a contribution that I meant to make. That's nice. Would you please tell us more about your book? This like title sounds very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yes, it's called Stop Checking Your Like, Shake Off the Need for Approval and Live an Incredible Life. The reason I wrote this book was because I realized, you know, more and more as a coach, as a columnist, the questions I was getting, the the worries, the fears that people were sharing with me, I realized that it's not even the fear of failure or the fear of making a mistake that scares us. We think it's that. But what really affects us the most is what people will say and think about our mistakes. So the judgment that we're scared to receive. So, so often it's our worrying about what other people think, what they'll say, what they'll talk about, you know, whatever they, however they'll interpret us that holds us back from doing the things versus the actual thing itself. I see. And how did you come up with the idea? Like what inspired you? 
I've wanted to write this book for a long time because I know that this is like a fundamental human problem. We worry too much about other people. We completely abdicate our power. We give it away to other people when we think that their opinions are more valuable than ours. And essentially when we do this, the lives that we live, they're very small. They're very safe. We sometimes think that safety is the goal in life and it's absolutely not. And we don't live, you know, the fullest expression of what we're here to do and how, you know, what we're meant to be, what we're meant to do, what we're meant to have. And I think that when we realize that we have so much more power than we think, we just give it away. There's a, there's a really big way that your life can shift when you just, just kind of take some of that back, take that responsibility back. Wow, that's amazing. But if someone wants to write a book and feels overwhelmed, how do you start? What do you suggest? Yeah, a lot of people have been asking me about writing books lately. And if you have a book within you, I think it's a good thing to begin because it's never the right time, right? Think about it. The conditions are always impossible. Life is always busy. So if there's something that you want to create, there is nothing to wait for. We have no idea how much time we have on this earth. We have no idea what's going to come up in our future. So the thing to do is just to begin. And with even all the self-publishing options that there are these days, there is nothing holding you back from doing it. Anybody can be an author. And that's very exciting. What if you always can find the time? <laughs> time is an excuse. I don't listen to that excuse ever because we all have 24 hours in a day, right? I know people who have side hustles and they're single moms. And so they have a job, a side business, plus kids, plus a, you know, a very busy social life. So I think time is the excuse that we, we you know, put out there or say to kind of get us out of doing the work a lot of the time, getting us out of doing the work and having the courage to do something new. So time is, is entirely up to you how you spend your time. No one else can manage that for you. So I think the time excuse is something that we can get rid of. It, it's possible, but it's hard sometimes. <laughs> well, it depends, right? Think about it. The time's going to pass anyway. We say that we're wasting our time, right? We're busy doing other stuff, but we're really wasting ourselves. And we bu- we're busy doing things that are going to be make us happy one day and proud of how we've, how we've used our life or the opposite. And so taking control of your time is one of the very first steps to having control of your life. And frankly, how we spend our time is the deepest, truest expression of what our priorities are. And if you're spending your time, however you're spending it, right, maybe, you know, watching TV, learning a new skill with certain people in your life, however you're spending your time is a direct reflection of your priorities. So if you, instead of saying, I don't have time, we can replace that with, this isn't a priority. That's true. Actually, Mm -hmm. if you think about it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, you, you can do whatever you want with your 24 hours in a day, how much you sleep, how much you work, how much you socialize, like whatever it is you do. So if anyone says they don't have time, I'll just say, okay, what you're really telling me is that isn't a priority. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And as a life coach, what advice can you give us? Because so many people right now lost their jobs and they feel anxious and they feel miserable. Like, what can mm-hmm. you advise? Yes, uh, I think so. Right now, because of our pandemic, there's a lot of uncertainty. There is a lot of loss. We kind of don't, it feels very uncertain in the future. What I've been repeating is that, you know, you're more than your job, right? Whatever your job is, like we are more than just our job. And in a time like this, when, when everything does feel uncertain, it's great to focus on what it is that we can control 
And a great way to do that is just by looking at our options. And sometimes we feel we don't have any options. But I would say really think about it, right? Because even if you have a Wi-Fi connection, that's already an option for many things. So I would think, what are the real options that you have right now? And really make a list. Because when we have options, that's when we don't feel victimized. It's when we feel in control. It gives us our power back. So I would think, what are my options? What can I do? What's available to me? And really think about it and make that list as realistic and big as possible. That's amazing. That's a great advice, actually. Thank you. I feel like when it comes to options, you know, it, when we feel like we're stuck, it's because we think that we haven't got any choices, but we in almost all cases do. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, so many people right now working with their spouses at home. How, I mean, do you have any tips on working from home? If you get the other. <laughs> Don't kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> Number one tip. Well, I feel as if, you know, it's important to have your own space, to have your own rules, to ask before you interrupt each other. This is kind of where I think even just some basic office manners can come into the home thinking about how you'd approach somebody in, in an office or how you treat somebody in an office. We give each other space. We ask before we can interrupt. I think it's also important to, to realize that we don't have to have the same working hours. You know, so I've been working with my husband now at home for over three years. And I, you know, I like to get up early, work early, finish early. He gets up later, walks into the night, and that's okay. We find our times throughout the day when we kind of connect, you know, have dinner. But I think it's okay to work with your own rhythm and not expect your partner to work the same way that you do. But how do you plan your schedule best when you're working from home? I don't necessarily have a schedule. I just have what my priorities are each day. And I typically have no more than three. I set them the night before. What it is I have to complete? What it is I want to do that day? And then I just use the time however I, however I feel. I feel like kind of intuitively guided to work on this or that first. And I mainly do my best work in the morning. So the most creative, the most kind of tricky tasks, the ones that require the most brain power, I just do those first. And then spend the afternoon kind of doing emails, correspondence, meetings, stuff that's you know doesn't require your best, best brain. I think even if that, if you have that as a very simple structure, it can be enough. Yeah, that's great. That's true. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it, you know we can think, oh, we have to have, and you, you, we can benefit from having a full schedule. You know, like between eight and nine, this between nine and ten, this. But maybe if you just kind of know what it is that you want to you know complete that day and by what time, <laughs> then you can kind of fulfill it however it just best feels for you that day yeah that's great <laughs> I never thought about it like that because <laughs> my schedule is always super packed and I just try to do as much as possible and now even staying at home I feel like I need to do it all <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is you don't need to do it all and sometimes I feel as if when we have very packed schedules to really look at the schedule and say how much of this is actually a really good idea What's going to pay off for me? Because it's easy to fill everything up and say yes to meetings and, you know, uh, accept invites and, you know, kind of do things when maybe it's not even the best interest, you know, in our best interest. So I think kind of thinking about what it is that you commit to, making sure it's absolutely aligned with your priorities for your life and your business, that's already a really good filter in terms of making decisions. Yeah, that's a great idea. I should do more often than that. <laughs> well, if you feel if you feel overscheduled, maybe it's worth looking at. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and how do you start your own business if you don't know what you want to do and where do you start? If you have to start, if you are looking to start a business, you need to have three criteria that you hit. 
you have to be passionate about the thing that you're doing. It doesn't have to be the thing that you're most passionate about in the world, but you have to be passionate about it because otherwise when things get hard and they do get hard in business, you'll quit. Secondly, there has to be a demand for it. So there have to be people who are already paying for this service, right? People, people who are already paying for coaches, people who are already paying for jewelry, people who are already paying for yoga teaching, like whatever it may be. There has to be a demand for what it is that you're creating. And then thirdly, this is obvious, but sometimes it's easy to overlook nonetheless, which is you have to be good at what it is that you're doing. So whatever it is that you're going to put out there, if you feel passionate about it, you have to be good at it, right? So whatever it is that you're selling or, you know, whatever value you're offering to other people in the form of your product or service, you have to really be, be good, right? People have to get that, you know, a benefit from working with you or hiring you or buying your products. And that there already has to be like a demand for what it is that you're creating. But, you know, some people say that you have to start business on something that there is problem with, like to solve the problem. Do you believe in that too? Yeah. So I think that's where the demand is, right? It's like the demand is someone thinking, I have a problem with X or Y, somebody can help me with that. So that is what essentially uh, you know, fulfilling a need, solving a problem, reaching a demand. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But when you start a business, there's always so many excuses. But how do you lose excuses? Uh, remember that your ex any excuses, even if they're good excuses, they're excuses. And sometimes we the, the excuses that we have, however justified or good they sound, what they're doing essentially is they're just stopping us from having to do something right? Whenever there's an excuse, it means that we can stay stuck. We don't have to make a decision. We don't have to, you know, really take courage and move forward. So I would think if you lost the excuse, what could happen? What could be true for you? And then think which one's going to be more valuable, right? The excuse, which is going to keep you doing nothing, standing still, making no contribution, or the thing that can happen if you're willing to let go of the fear of maybe being wrong or making a mistake or having somebody judge you. This is the price that all successful people pay. We have a high tolerance for this. And this is something too that gets easier with time. I think sometimes we hide behind excuses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm, of course we do. Yeah. And sometimes we, we spend a lot of time making the excuses really good. <laughs> like, how can I make my excuse sound the best as possible so everyone won't give me sympathy? You know, or it'll totally make sense that I'm not moving ahead. When the most important thing is really what it is that you want to do, right? And to understand that your excuse, whatever, no matter how good it sounds, what under what's underpinning it is your fear. Yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> and I think we know it. We know it at our core too. Yeah, and it's of course it's easier to make an excuse than actually think of a solution of the problem. Exactly. And take all the responsibility. It. Yeah, is it easier to say sorry, I don't have time? or I can't do this because my husband doesn't support it, or I have kids, or I'm not technical, like whatever your excuse is, is it easier to say that or is it easier to get to work? Yeah. Right? It's always going to be easier to just say a sentence, come up with a reason that sounds good. That's why you can't do something. Because doing the work requires work, right? R requires your confidence, requires you, you know, taking a risk. So words are cheap and excuses are cheap and they are not going to regret-proof your life. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, as of right now, there is so much social media 
And how do you be yourself in a tough, judgmental world and with social media? I think that the people who are most themselves are just having fun with social media, right? Social media isn't the enemy. Sometimes we think it is, but it's how we use it right? Are we using it to get validation? Are we using it to justify that we're popular? Are we using it to, you know, creep up on other people? <laughs> like social media is not the enemy. It's completely neutral. So it's like, what is it? What can it do for you? Can it bring you connection? Can it bring you joy? Can it bring you some entertainment? Uh, I think it's important to know that like being yourself is really the only thing that we can do that's going to be sustainable, right? We can contort ourselves, change ourselves, do things to make other people happy or like us, but that's only ever going to be short-lived. Like being the truest essence of ourself is where our freedom is. And it's also where I say in my book, this is how we, you know, this is when we can make our inner like button, not all the external likes, but our inner like button the loudest by trusting of ourselves, approving of ourselves, and knowing that this is essentially, you know, a lifelong process. And how do you actually survive in the social media world? Because, you know, so many people complain about, oh my God, it just really puts impact on my self-esteem and it makes me feel self-conscious and it just makes me feel sad sometimes by me comparing uh, myself to others. How do you overcome that? Take control. Right? It's as simple as that. First of all, if you need a break, take it. Unfollow accounts that don't make you feel good. Like We say it like from such a victim place, like, oh, social media makes me feel so bad. Who's going on their phone every day and opening an app? Who is doing that? <laughs> right? Nobody's doing it for you. No one's forcing you. There is no law that you have to do this. So take a break if you need it. Unfollow accounts that don't make you feel good and think, you know, is it true that an image or a person or a post can make me feel something? Like, really think about that. It's you. That's It's your response to everything that's determining how you feel and then the actions that you take. So remember that you have the power here. Nobody else is. Nobody's pressuring you. Social media isn't good or bad. It's just the, the way that you engage with it, how much meaning you give it, how seriously you take it, right? I think that social media can be taken a lot less seriously, essentially. I mean, who really cares about all of the images and the fake followers and the you know I mean there is just so much that we could really get worked up about or we could just think oh this is like a fun tool and a fun way to pass the time sometimes right versus making it the focus of our life and you know the responses that people give us uh, the most important thing that can determine how we feel that is not how you this is not how happiness works right not in a lasting way so understanding it has to put it really in perspective in your life That's a great way to think about it. That's true. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> how do you overcome a fear of starting a project? Like, how do you shift your mindset? The only way to overcome fear is to take action. There's no other way. Only action cures fear. What else can? Overthinking it can't. Worrying about it, changing your mind, going back and forth, that makes it worse. And I would challenge anybody to look back at something that used to scare them, that doesn't scare them anymore, and to see what cured that fear. And I'm yet to meet an exception where it weren't that person just doing it, taking action, and giving themselves even like a very quick deadline to do it, versus thinking, 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 giving yourself a really long time frame to kind of go back and forth. Taking action is the only way to cure fear. Yeah. Do you believe in to-do lists? And I mean, I know they're like always endless. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, they are. Well, I think, you know, if you can do something in the moment, like if somebody emails you and they need a quick response and it'll take you less than a minute, just do it, right? Like do the things quickly that, that don't require too much time. But otherwise, I mean, the to-do lists, I think sometimes we need like to, a running reminder of some things that, you know, are kind of, you know, our goals to achieve. But I prefer just to have a short priority list because to-do lists, I think more they're more kind of for non-professional things. Like to-do lists, go to UPS, send my mom a card. You know, lists for those things, I think, you know, are helpful. But not for business because I think, too, if we have so many things that we have to, to do, then I'm not sure we're focused. Like, are we really focused if there are a million things to do all the time? Or are we kind of really channeling our energy into the two or three things that are really going to move the needle for us, right? For our business, for our brand, for our message, for our sales, whatever it may be. So having kind of like big to-do lists isn't something that I think makes us feel good or calm. And I think it can make us feel like, oh, look, look how how, how busy and important we are. We have so much to do. Versus thinking, how much of this is really worth it for me? And then knowing what two or three things are actually very important. Hmm, I like that a lot. <laughs> Take the, I think it takes the pressure off too, just because people want you to do stuff and because you can be updating your website and kind of doing all these things that, you know, we can all be doing. Doesn't mean you have to do them now. Yeah, that's a great strategy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can give ourselves some relief too, right? We don't have to like pressure ourselves and hurry ourselves and force ourselves to feel bad because there's so much to do. Sometimes I think that that's sometimes our, just our default setting, thinking that, oh, we have to do all the things and this list, you know, doesn't stop growing. It can stop growing. You can even, you know, complete projects by dropping them completely. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite quote? Oh, my gosh, I have so many. <gasps> I've included a lot of my favorite quotes in my book. But probably one of my favorite quotes right now, because I'm repeating it a lot, is from the comedian Ricky Gervais. And he says, nobody else knows what they're doing either. And I like that because it helps us understand that it's not that there are some people who have it figured out and us, you know, because we don't feel like we know everything. We're all just doing our best. And the only difference is people who are doing the things and taking the action and the people who are not doing the things and not taking the action. That's an amazing quote. I love it. And it's a chapter in my book, too. Hmm. That's nice. I can't wait to read your book. I can't wait to hear what you think. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But where can our listeners find you? Like your social handles, website, where they can order your book? Yes. You can um, go to Susie, uh, S-U-S-I-E dot more, M-O-O-R-E on Instagram. Or head to my site, Susie, S-U-S-I-E dash more more.com where I have a lot of free confidence resources available and yeah my book is available everywhere books are sold so I think most people are heading over to Amazon uh, and if you purchase it before the end of April and put your receipt number in the stopchuckingyourlikes.com form then you also get a juicy book bonus oh nice that's amazing yes we're celebrating this month yeah <laughs> when is it officially like coming out uh, it comes out April 7th, which is uh, by the time, we, you know, while we're recording this, it's tomorrow. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yes, and thank you so much for the timely release of this too. Thank you so much, Susie, for being my guest. I'm so honored. This was fun. I hope we can do it again. Who knows? Sure, we can. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Alia. Thank you. Well, 
That was all for today, guys. Thank you for listening Not Basic Blonde podcast. And you can always find me on Instagram. It's notbasicblonde underscore or NBB podcast. You can download this episode on all the major platforms. And if you leave a review, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, guys. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.